Uh, you are now locked in with the best. The sound of the city that's a bad. North side to the south side. Uh, locked in 89.9. Uh, and get your day started with the right team. Freddie Bell Chantel, baby, what a dream. All the hottest music, and we got the tea. Take a sip every single morning of the week. Six to ten, the radio was blazing. But you expect me to be on station. Uh, so go on the day and make sure you're tuned to KMOJ. Uh, it ain't nothing better than this. Been rocking in the city since 76. Hits when we get Fitzgerald the King. If you agree, let me hear y'all sing. Freddie Bell in the morning. Chantel in the morning. Twin Cities, good morning. Uh, 89.9, wake up, work out. Freddie Bell in the morning. Chantel in the morning. Twin Cities, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and Happy New Year. Probably the last time you'll hear me say Happy New Year is Friday, the 5th day of January 2024. I'm Freddie Bell. I'm with the morning team, and as far as Chantel sings, we have music from Showtime. We feature the Wake Up Workout Music Mix. Larry Fitzgerald is here, too, plus everything that you would come to expect from the number one urban morning show in the state of Minnesota. Here today's words of the wise. Good words cost nothing. Share them. That's a valuable... You know, there is value, I believe, in kind and positive language. Expressing encouragement and compliments and supportive words don't require any material investment, but can have a significant impact on other folks. By sharing good words, you contribute to a positive and uplifting environment, fostering a sense of connection and well-being. It's a reminder that simple acts of kindness through language can create a ripple effect, influencing not only the recipient, but also contributing to a more positive and harmonious community. So freely share words of kindness and let them enrich the lives of those around you. Today's words to the wise, good words cost nothing, share them. And today is National Keto Day. It highlights an approach to transforming our health. There's research that says that high fat, low-carb, ketogenic, or keto diet offers a number of benefits, among them, of course, weight loss and healthy blood sugar, and it can improve uh, your health, especially those with type 2 diabetes, if you adhere to a ketogenic diet. There you go. Today's National Day is National Keto Day. And joining us this morning for the first time in the new year is the superintendent of schools for District 622. Say good morning to Christine Tucci-Osorio. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Freddie. Great to be here with you this morning. I think it's fun that it's National Keto Day. You know, a couple years ago, my husband and I both tried doing the keto diet, and man, we lost weight. It was pretty amazing. We keep telling ourselves, why aren't we doing that again? (laughs) We need to get back on that. It is. It's an amazing uh, eating plan. I won't call it a diet uh, myself, but uh, I've been uh, trying to stick to that since uh, 2019, and it seems to work. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it works. (laughs) Yeah. I'm amazed by it. I really am. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I, Absolutely. I know we talk privately, but I do want to share my uh, condolences and sympathy to you and your family in your loss. And I know the stars are with you and everything's going to work out well. Thank you. Yeah, we had to put our longtime family dog down last night. It was quite an emotional. The dog was uh, 15 and, you know, been around a long time. And my thankfully, my son was able to, he had just come home from being gone for weeks and it was it was good timing he was able to be there and he is very attached to this dog so it was good that we got to 
go through that together. So thank you for that, though. You're very welcome. And as we look at the calendar, we know we turned it over to a new year and a new month, and school calendars are very important for this year. Yes, indeed. I was kind of thinking, you know, this is about the time of year where, you know, regardless of what school district you live in, you're going to start seeing the calendars popping up online for next school year already. And, you know, I thought it might be kind of fun to talk about what goes into the planning for school calendars. So what happens? What, where do you start or does it ever end? <laughs> you know, it really is funny because um, our calendar committee, the joke in my team is, I'll kind of put our finger on our nose and go, not it. Who's in charge of the calendar committee this year? Because you can never fix everybody. I'll tell you that. There's there's never a perfect calendar. But um, in my district, our planning process begins late summer, actually. So as we're starting, as we started the current school year, we were already a assembling a calendar committee to look ahead to the following school year. And so our committee involves teachers, administrators, and other staff. We also do a survey of all staff just to kind of say, okay, here's our current calendar, what's working, what's not working. And so then um, that ca- that committee kind of comes together and they work on it through the fall with some feedback looping with stakeholders. And then they bring their recommendation to the school board and eventually the school board adopts the calendar. And this year, our school district adopted two years worth of calendars instead of one just to see if we could get ahead of it and help families with even more future planning. Wow. So what are some of the things that you have to consider when you create a school calendar? And now is it really ambitious for you that is two years? Yeah, I know. I know. The, the challenge is, can we adopt a two-year calendar without having to go back and change it later because something changed? But uh, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, we always have to start with several things. The state requirements. So in Minnesota, the law says we have to have school, students have to be in school 165 days minimum. Mm -hmm. And, not or, but and 1,020 hours. And so the length of the school day also matters. You need to make sure you're getting in enough instructional hours to meet um, state requirements. Then you look at statewide testing dates, um, you know, looking around when are the MCAs going to happen, the state assessments, and those have to be woven into the calendar. Then you have to look at federal holidays and where do they land. The big question, too, is if so many people say to me, how come we can't be on the same calendar as this district next door or this district next door? And it would be wonderful if we were all aligned. But the big difference is some schools are on semesters and some are on trimesters. And that is a local decision. And so that often you can kind of tell when you look at calendars around you and where spring breaks line up nicely, typically because you're on the same, whether you're all on the same semesters or trimesters. And then, of course, we have to look at the terms of our labor contract. Mm. Um, the teacher contract that we have in particular really drives a lot of calendar decisions because we have to look at what are those pieces that are included in their cal- in their contract. For example, MEA, you know, in, in Minnesota, Minnesota Education Association, that was a uh, longstanding couple of days in October. Well, um, schools, you know, could have school on those days, but like my labor contract defined that they, my teacher's can't have school on those days. So that's a pretty typical ingredient in, in labor contracts as well. So all those different things that have to, uh, you know, go into considering when you start building it. It's a really big project. So what are some of the other decisions that districts like yours are making when it comes to setting up a school calendar? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, one thing that's really changed in recent years is that um, for school districts like mine, 
where um, during election days, our school buildings are used as polling sites. We have actually opted to not have school on election day. And that's a new thing. Um, but the thing about it is, if, if you look at safety and security in schools, you know, our schools now have very elaborate, you know, lockdown zones and sign-in systems and all kinds of things like that. And when you open up your schools as a polling place, well, they're just basically open to the public, right? And so we, um, and in my school district, we have five different school buildings that are used as polling sites. And those decisions are decided by the county, not the district. So we've actually opted not to have school on those days. And then the other thing we have, just for safety reasons and the ability to kind of monitor people coming and going. And also, you know, we have to think about the fact that in Minnesota, state law says you cannot start school before Labor Day. If you, if you know people from other states, particularly in, in the South or in California, they often will go to school, back to school way before we do in the fall. And so... Um, we in Minnesota, the only way you can start before Labor Day is if you have a special approval due to construction in your school district. So um, that's another factor that we have to think about as well, too. There's so many things going on, and I've been talking all morning about the snow coming later on tonight and then tomorrow, and then that can impact school. So if you have to close the school because of snow days, how do you start to make that up when you've got the calendar already set? Yes, it's so true. And so this comes back down to the minimum days, those 165 days, and the 1,020 hours that are required, at least for your um, 7th or 12th graders. And I'll tell you what, um, when we cancel school, and trust me, as a school superintendent, it's the worst night ever to have to make those decisions. Because <laughs> you're never going to please everybody. So parents get upset if we cancel and they don't have childcare and staff upset or others if they feel like it was too dangerous on the snow and ice so mm-hmm. it's always a, it's always a challenging thing to do during the middle of the night but we one of the things we have to think about is have we dipped below our number of minimum days so we can typically do a couple of snow days pure snow days where we don't have school but if it looks like we're going to you know use up those required days then we start talking about e-learning days mm-hmm. those days where we can due to weather have people work online but Minnesota, you have a limit of five of those. And after that, you have to start making up days. So every school district has a different set calendar. So you just have to watch that. So that determines whether you have to make up days and or extra hours during the year. So COVID actually had some benefit in, in helping us to be really proficient in virtual learning to make up some of those days. Mm-hmm. It really has. I mean, it's kind of interesting because you didn't even have the infrastructure to do all that before COVID. Well, everyone, we're talking with Christine Tucci-Osorio this morning, the superintendent of District 622. Uh, Do you have any any final thoughts as we think about uh, classes canceling because of snow days and the massive work that goes into the calendars before we say goodbye this morning? Yes, I'll tell you what. I'm on a mission to try to keep school open this entire year, and the weather is cooperating beautifully (laughs) with me. I'll tell you that. But I heard the forecast this morning, too, about a snowier January. But I'll say this. We still have to pay attention to student attendance Um, in Minnesota and across the nation since COVID. We are really seeing a drop in students attending school regularly. And so I just have to put out that public service message, how important getting your kids to school every day really is. And the other thing just to think about this time of year is fall enrollment. If you've got a student in middle school or high school, now is the time that you're going to start seeing those forms coming home to get them registered for classes next school year already. If you've got a student coming into kindergarten, um, those enrollments are opening up this week across the state. And 
you know, it's time to start getting those registrations in and paying attention to when those uh, kindergarten orientation nights are going to be in the winter and, and school tours. So tis the season to start uh, getting registered for next fall already. So especially with fall and enrollment and all the rest of it, how can your students, how can the families that you serve get more information about the information about the details that we covered this morning? If you want to go on our school website, in my school district, it's isd622.org. So we are 622 North St. Paul, Maplewood, Oakdale. And we also have part of Woodbury and East Metro areas. But, you know, whatever school district you live in, you can look up um, their calendar and registration information on on any school district website um, for whatever city that you happen to live in. All right. Can't thank you enough for being with us this morning, Christine Tucci-Osorio. And we look to talk to you again really, really soon. 